Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. Seriously, if you want to relieve stress, go to the Word of God. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's just so weird, isn't it? Do people say stuff like that? I apologize for them. Are you kidding me? Let's all do baptism. And I have a little pool here and we'll all feel nice and relaxed. That's baptism. No, baptism is a sacred Christian rite. All the various yogas are sacred Hindu rites. Wake up, America! It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. This is Wretched Radio. It is Witness Wednesday. We are at Georgia Tech. All right, there's a young man who just pulled up with a bag of Chick-fil-A, which is the preferred chicken sandwich of the South. Oh, he's going to hate me for this. Hey, young man, I'm not going to interrupt your eating because it's Chick-fil-A. Just keep eating. I mean it. Okay. I just want to ask you a question on the radio. You okay with that? Sure, why not? What's your first name, young man? Ryan. Ryan. And you're a healthy guy, aren't you? You eat healthy and well, don't you? Most of the time. You know how I know that? Because you didn't get the deep-fried Chick-fil-A. I got that one yesterday. Ah! So much for my wisdom. All right. What are you studying here? Computer engineering. All right. Are you a religious guy at all? Uh, no. Really? I would say no to that. That's odd, because this is the Bible Belt. You should be. You should be like a Southern Baptist or something. This is Atlanta. It's not the South. Ah! You know, you're kind of right. <laughs> are you from here? Uh, yeah. Just outside from Dunwoody. Okay, you're right, because I actually moved from Minneapolis, and you're right. Mm-hmm. Atlanta really is in the south. But if you get up further north by the mountains, mm-hmm. it gets pretty southern. Yeah. You can actually, when you're driving, you can actually hear banjos playing off in the distance. It gets pretty southern out there. Okay, so you're not a religious guy at all, is that correct? At all? Correct. Do you believe in God? Mm, probably not the Christian one. But Which one do you believe in? Maybe something. I don't want to say I'm agnostic, because... I don't know. Well, agnostic just means you don't know. Yeah. So you wouldn't want to say you're atheist. I wouldn't want to say atheist. That's definitely right. But I haven't thought about it enough to... To figure it out. Yeah. All right. I am going to make an effort in 30 seconds to prove to you that God exists. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do it with your Chick-fil-A sandwich. Oh, yeah. All right. Who made your Chick-fil-A sandwich? Um, I didn't catch your name. Someone behind... Didn't even see the person make it. Right. All right. And yet somehow... You know that somebody made that sandwich, correct? Mm-hmm. You don't know the person's name. You don't know their attributes. But you know that they made a sandwich. And the proof that there is a creator of your sandwich is you've got a sandwich in your hands. Here is proof that there's a creator of the universe. The universe. You know that there is a universe maker because you have the proof of a universe which is more in- intricately designed than your Chick-fil-A grilled sandwich. There you go. I don't know. Me having a sandwich really just proves that I have a sandwich. Uh-huh. And you, sitting on a creation, proves that there's a creator. Proves that I'm here. Yeah, okay. I'll even work I with that. In. I could have popped in here. No reason. Just because. Yeah, that's, uh, that seems a little science fiction-y, but okay. It seems like you're here. It feels like you're here. You think, therefore, you are, aren't you? If I punched you in the nose, you wouldn't say... Hey, I could just be an illusion. No worries. If I grabbed your sandwich and ran, which I'm frankly a little bit tempted to do, although I'm a bit of a germaphobe and I probably wouldn't eat there, nothing personal, you would chase after me. And you wouldn't go, well, this is just kind of an existential universe. No big deal. You'd run it. If I I stepped on your foot. (laughs) Sure, you'd get over it, but you had to get over something, which is the demonstration that this is real. You're feeling stuff. You're here, dude. Mm -hmm. Question is, how'd you get here? Did he get Big Bang, or do you think he got created? I, I'd have to say Big Bang. And then a long series of 
slightly random occurrences later I'm here. I'm going to tell you a proverb. Mm-hmm. Right? A proverb says that a, a friend will wound. An enemy multiplies kisses. Translation of that is somebody who truly cares about you will say a hard thing to you. An enemy will always just go, you're great, it's wonderful, but they'll stab you in the back. Do you want to know why I bring that up? Wow. I'm going to wound you right now. Mm-hmm. you got a piece of lettuce on your front tooth, right? And I care about you enough to tell you that hard thing. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. Now, you know your sandwich was made. The proof that you were made by somebody is you. You are more intricately designed than that sandwich. Somebody put you... Nobody, nobody blew up a bunch of materials and that sandwich came to be. Nobody blew up a bunch of stuff. Or a, a bunch of stuff didn't get together and blow up all by itself and become you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. How's that? You, my friend, have a creator. The question is, who is it? Because I don't think we can go about the business of trying to make up in our own minds who it is. That would be ridiculous. Because I would agree with that more. It'd be like fashioning a piece of wood and worshipping it on an altar. It doesn't make... I mean, if it's not a real God... So, uh, the question is, what is truth? Who is the true God? I would agree that your proof is a prettier explanation than mine, but doesn't Dude, mean I necessarily believe it. What an it. honest man. Really. Good on you for that. But you don't believe it anyway. Probably not. I think I know why. Why is that? I think inside of the human brain, there's a thing called the conscience. That little courtroom that says, I've done bad things. I have done wrong things. And if I acknowledge that there's a creator and admit that there's a creator who gave me that conscience, I'm going to have to give an account and I'm going to have to abide by that creator's rules that are written in my heart. And I don't want to. It's obvious. The creation proves there's a creator. My conscience tells me what his rules are. And I don't want to live by them. Therefore, I will suppress the obvious truth so that I can live any way that I want to. I would argue that we don't have a way of knowing the rules that anything that might have made us would impart on us. Well, your conscience... Lying, stealing, murdering. That gives us a pretty good idea about who the moral lawgiver is, that those would be the rules. All right, I want to try something pretty radical with you, all right? I'm going to try to probe into your conscience for a minute and dig in there and put some paddles on it to see if we can awaken it, all right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take a veering away from logic and reason and philosophy for a moment, and I'm going to get into morality and into your heart, all right? How many lies do you think you've told in your life? A lot. Okay. If I told a lot of lies, what would you call me? What name would you give to me? What's your name? Todd. I'd call you Todd. Todd the... Rhymes with pants on fire. Radio spokesman. I mean... Who's I'm a liar. i you for that. I've lied. I know that, but that doesn't mean that I'm not a liar just because you've lied. If a murderer's murdered and he goes, well, that guy's murdered, so I'm not a murderer, that's ridiculous. If you've lied, that would make you a... That's a jump. What, what do you mean it's a jump? Lies you call me to, a liar. Lies don't dominate your lifestyle. I'm assuming you have haven't to. been lying to me this entire time. I have not. How many murders would a murderer have to commit before he becomes a murderer? That's one. One, because it's a much more drastic step than Ah, uh, well, let's deal with that in just a moment. Okay. All right, that's a very fair response, but it only takes one violation of the principle to be that thing. If you murder once, you're a murderer. If you lie, you're a liar. Have you stolen one thing in your life? Yeah. All right. So what would that make you? Somebody who steals something is called a... I believe you're aiming for a thief. 
or a televangelist, but let's go with thief. All right? Okay, so you're a liar and a thief. All right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever lusted? Yes. All right. So inside of your heart, so not just the things you do or say, but what's going on inside of that brain. Imagine this. Let's say we put a computer chip behind your ear, and we recorded every thought that ran through your noggin for one week, seven days, and then we pulled together all your pals here at Georgia Tech, all of your friends and family, and we took that computer chip, popped it into a computer, put it up on a big screen, and they got to see your heart. My heart's behind my ear? Close enough. You get the point. Yeah. Don't be a literalist with me. Sorry. That's my job. Mm-hmm. All right. What do they see? Very strange string of thoughts and a lot of things I wouldn't want them to see. Exactly. God sees them. God knows them. Everything you've done, everything you failed to do that you should have done, every time you've taken his name in vain, instead of swearing or using a filth word, you actually use God's name. All recorded because he is more thorough than a computer chip behind your ear. Now, this judge, God is going to have a day of reckoning because he's a just judge. We like justice. We like criminals forced to give an account for what they have done. We like to see justice served, and so does God. I think we get that idea from God. The Bible says that righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Someday he's going to kill you. That's how it works. You don't die because he's sustaining your life, whether it's through pleasant means or unpleasant. He's going to call your number, and you will be done breathing. And you will stand before him and give an account for every thought, every word, every deed. Will he say that you are an innocent man or a guilty man? Guilty of what? I guess I'd ask. Lying, stealing, lusting, blasphemy, coveting, dishonoring your parents. Yes, I have done those. So you'd be guilty. So if God is just, what should this just judge do with you? Take you to heaven or send you to hell? Assuming this would happen, I don't know. I think you do. You just don't want to say it. I wouldn't. Hmm? It's a horrifying thought. Nobody wants to go, you know, I think I'm going to hell when I die. Because hell's a horrible place. I don't... I have not said I thought that, and I don't... Well, you think hell's a good place? It's not what I said either. No. Do you want to go to hell? Not particularly. I don't. But, if God is just, should he reward you or punish you? He'd probably punish me for not believing in him, according to your Among other things, yeah. That would be another thing. That would, but that would be another crime among many crimes. Disbelief is one crime among lying, stealing, lusting, murdering, being angry at people, dishonoring your parents. You would go to hell. Okay. All right. Dude, can you tolerate me for another couple of minutes? Sure. All right. Why not? I got to do a break, and we'll mm-hmm. come back. All right? Okay. Hold on. This is Wretched Radio. 
Like the Pointer Sisters, I am so excited and I just can't hide it. The Masters Academy International is embarking on a bold new program to distribute Bibles internationally. There are oh so many wretched people who love to give to ministries who are giving out Bibles. And the Masters Academy International is going to start doing just that in the Philippines. But they don't want to give out just any Bible to just anybody. They're going to give away John MacArthur Study Bibles to Christians who cannot afford them in a local Bible teaching church. Can you imagine the impact? How much do you love your MacArthur Study Bible? For $25, you could put a Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines. I'll do the math. It's not tricky. Four Bibles, $100. Maybe you could commit to giving a Bible a month to a believer in the Philippines. Please visit wretched.org slash Bible, wretched.org slash Bible to join the Master's Academy International. You know, what used to be a movie is now our sad reality. We're living in a world that's gone absolutely bonkers. So much so that six mads just aren't enough to describe it. Social media may be bombarding us left and right. Our Christian worldview may be under assault. But we have the dynamic duo of Todd Friel and Dr. Nathan Buznitz. And they're coming to the rescue with Wretched Worldview 2. Tackling 22 of those pesky, thorny, contemporary issues through a biblical lens, helping us to defend the biblical view on things like sexuality and gender, critical race theory, modesty and apparel, persecution, secular entertainment, environmentalism, 22 issues to be exact. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to wretched.org, grab your copy of Wretched Worldview 2. And hey, while you're there, snag that study guide too, because it's the perfect companion for navigating this mad, 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 mad world with wisdom and grace. Busy, busy, busy. Last year, Preborn Ministries provided over 92,000 ultrasounds. 54,000 babies were saved. 69 ultrasound machines were placed. 10,000 people responded to the gospel. Preborn Ministries, very busy, saving babies, saving souls. Would you please consider partnering with Preborn Ministries? $28 per ultrasound, five ultrasounds, $140. Yes, they are expensive, but they save lives. And Preborn Ministries uses good equipment with trained specialists, which is why the success rates are so staggeringly high at saving lives with preborn. Please consider supporting preborn at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Important dates in Christian history. 432 AD. After escaping years of slavery in Ireland as a young man, Patrick, a British Christian, returns to Ireland as a missionary. His work results in multitudes of Irish people coming to the Christian faith. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. You are listening to a modern day miracle. This is Wretched Radio. We're at Georgia Tech and I'm sitting next to a modern day, mm, okay, maybe not a miracle, but definitely an anomaly. A computer engineer with a witty personality. His name is Ryan. Dude, you're just you're just kind of not the stereotype. You should have a pocket protector and be a little dorky, but you're kind of witty. Thank you. A little on the little on the sassy side too. That means a lot. Alrighty, it does. Yeah. I just called you sassy, which is not a word that I would know. Okay. 
That particular word, maybe not, but not fitting You're kind of zippy. You're kind of punchy. you got a little little character going on. All right, dude, here's where we left things off. You were going to hell. It's pretty much the end of the conversation. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, yeah, you said I was going to hell. Well, the question isn't what I say. The question is what is truth. Here's what I was trying to reason with you about. Inside your brain, that conscience should be informing you, you know what? I have lied. I have stolen. I have lusted. I've been a murderer in my heart by being angry at people. I've dishonored my parents. I've taken God's name in vain. Your conscience should actually agree with what I'm saying to you. Your conscience bears witness that you have broken God's laws. I don't think you can tell me what my conscience should think. I think my conscience should agree with what I believe. Okay, so that's still, no offense, dude, Mm -hmm. but that's still irrelevant. It's like a criminal saying to the judge, Judge, I don't care what you tell me what my conscience should say. It's what I think. That is irrelevant. The question is, what is truth, dude? That's the big question. What is? It doesn't matter what I'm saying. See, what I'm sharing with you, I believe fervently with all of my heart. I would die for what I'm sharing with you. All right? We should hold those values, but... But that still doesn't make them true. Dude, I'm a stranger. I could be with a cult. I could be planning on kidnapping you and taking you away to sell you into slavery. You have no idea. You'd choose a better place than this. This is a little conspicuous. Yeah, I guess I... I can't even come up with a response to that because I don't... Thankfully, I don't quite have that criminal mind that apparently you have. So, you don't know anything about me. And it's irrelevant what I believe to be true. The question is, what is truth? Here's what Jesus said. I am the way, the truth, the life. Jesus Christ is either the truth or he is not. And we know that because we found a book that says that, right? Didn't find it. We've got eyewitnesses reporting, putting it in a book, that you might know how to be saved from the wrath of God. Here's the deal, Ryan. Mm -hmm. This is a court case. I don't know if you're into law or not, but you will be brought before the just judge, and you will be found guilty because he knows everything. And he, because he is righteous, just, and good, must punish you and every other lawbreaker. And he will. But God has other attributes besides righteousness and justice. He's also merciful, and gracious, and he's kind, and he wants to save sinners like you. But he can't just say, everybody goes free, because then he wouldn't be righteous and just anymore. So we've got a dilemma, we've got tension. God, the just judge of all the world, must punish all people according to what they have done, but he's rich in mercy. So, to satisfy both, Jesus, God himself, became a human being to be your representative to be punished by men, beaten by men, hung on a cross by men, taking the punishment of God himself on your behalf so that your guilty crimes can be paid for and satisfied by his good work. You, the bad man, your deeds put on the good man, Jesus Christ, his goodness credited to your account in exchange. That is the gospel, the good news of the gospel of Christianity. So... God offers you forgiveness, mercy, and everlasting life. And more than that, Jesus kept all the laws that you've broken so that all of that goodness can also be credited to your account so you can not only be seen as not guilty, but as righteous. You can be forgiven. Your conscience can be cleansed. You can inherit eternal life. You can be set free, claim not guilty, 
because of Jesus paying your fine on your behalf. The question still remains, is that true? That's the question. I don't think so. Right? But if I do find myself in that courtroom, I believe I could convert to Catholicism on the spot and I'd be okay, right? No. That'd be like the judge saying to the criminal, or the criminal saying to the judge, Judge, well, what do you want me to be? That, that, that's what I'll be. The judge will say, no, 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 no. One of the you have got have a that. fine. You must pay your fine. Somehow justice must be satisfied. And the, the provision that God has made is Jesus. You've broken God's laws. Jesus has paid your fine. Broken the God that you believe in His laws. That is all. That is partially correct. Mm-hmm. But is my belief true or not? We still come back to that issue. I don't think I'm in the place to decide whether your beliefs are right. I, it won't, sure. First of all, it won't offend me. But I'm irrelevant. Right? The question is: Is the gospel of Jesus Christ true or not? Here's my plea for you, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Think about these things, okay? Because if what I'm saying to you is true, you have a death sentence on your head. God will strike you once, and he will not need to do it twice. He will get you, and you will pay for your crimes against him. Okay? Okay. That's a fact, if I'm right. If you're right. All right? So you need to choose whether I'm right or wrong, whether the Bible is correct or not. Don't land in the land of postmodernism that says, well, that's just what people, they can believe whatever they want to, I'll believe whatever I want to, and that's truth for me. We don't get to create truth any more than I get to create the Campanile as God. It is either right or wrong. I'm either right or wrong, you're either right or wrong. So you would do well to say to me right now, friend, I think you're wrong. That would be more in alignment with what truth is, true or false. Okay, I think you're wrong. Well done. All right. You're sure? Yes. All right. So your conscience doesn't trouble you. You're not concerned. Overall, no. I'm right. a good person. I believe in that. Okay. I have people that would attest to that. All right. So the lusting, the lying, the stealing, the blasphemy, being a naughty child, that doesn't persuade you that you're not a good person? I don't think I'm the only one. You don't think what? That I'm the only one. You're not. That's still irrelevant. I'm not sure it is. How old are you? 20. Dude, I can guarantee you I have broken more of the laws than you have. I believe you. It's true. I'm certain of it. But that has nothing to that has no bearing on your case. How you compare to others is irrelevant to the judge. The question is how do you compare to the law? And the law Written on your heart, your conscience, bearing witness, should tell you, I'm guilty. I'm not good, I'm bad. It should by your viewpoint, but by mine, I am no worse than anyone else. I'm better than quite a few people, and I'm fine with that. All right, so I haven't been able to reason with you about what justice is. Will that argument work in a court of law? I don't think yours would either. There's a clause in the Constitution against that. All right. Constitution aside, you're standing, in a, you're standing in a courtroom. Can you point to other criminals and say, Judge, I, they, they committed... There, there's a story, dude, about, about a serial killer. I think he strangled nine women. And you know what he said when he was interviewed? He goes, you know, I'm not a bad guy. 
I mean, for a serial killer, I only strangled nine women. Now, that's delusional. Why? Because he compared himself to other criminals. But when you compare yourself to the law, one murder makes you a murderer. One lie makes you a liar. One, one object stolen makes you a thief. But you've done far more than that. How many times have you taken God's name in vain? I don't think I could count it. Okay. The God who made you, who gave you that Chick-fil-A sandwich, who, by the way, you didn't stop for even a second to say thank you for this. Instead, you've taken his name and dragged it through the mud by using it in a foul way. Whoa, dude. And that's why God says, I will not hold him blameless who takes my name in vain. You have been a criminal against your God. And he offers you mercy. And he offers you justice. But here's, here's, the, here's, the, here's the crux of the situation, Ryan. You don't want to acknowledge it because you want to live the way that Ryan wants to live. Am I right? Yes. Okay. But that is not necessarily why I don't want to acknowledge it. Okay. What is it? Because I don't think it's correct. True. True. Okay. Then, I will leave your company. You have been a delight to talk to. Thank you. But I would plead with you, if today or tomorrow or any other day, that conscience of yours starts to work and starts to go, yikes, and a little alarm bells go off, and you start thinking, if I die, I've got a bad feeling about this. I want you to take a look at Islam and take a look at Roman Catholicism and Jehovah's Witness and Mormonism and Hinduism and Buddhism, and they're all going to tell you the same thing. Get to work and try really hard to make up for your bad deeds. Okay? That's what they all have to offer. So take whichever one. If you like to wear a Saudi Arabian outfit, if you like to wear a white shirt and a black tie, pick your favorite outfit and go with that one because they all teach the same thing. Do a lot of works. But if you realize that your works aren't going to satisfy justice and you need forgiveness and mercy, Christianity is the only religion that has it for you. All right? Take that into consideration. All I can do is ask you to think. You're a thinking guy. Mm -hmm. You're pondering deep thoughts here on the campus. Ponder that one because I think that's the deepest thought that you can ever grapple with. Fair enough? Fair enough. All right. You are a gentleman, and I appreciate it. Thanks for putting up with me. Of course. (laughs) Goodbye. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Let's kick things off on the tech side a little. Enos Sujak. I don't know if that's a name you're familiar with right now, but maybe you've read the story. He's a former Best Buy employee who has blown the whistle against the company for religious discrimination and LGBTQ preference in the workplace. He's even gone so far as to record conversations with his manager discussing the curious presence of LGBTQ flags in the office while Christian crosses were not welcome so much. Sujak says he plans to file a civil rights lawsuit. In other news, a federal judge in Tennessee has blocked the district attorney from enforcing a state law which aims at protecting children from sexually explicit performances. After the DA sent a letter to a Pride event cautioning against explicit performances in front of children, the ACLU sued claiming the letter was stifling free speech. There's a difference in speech and performances, isn't there? 
at least in my brain there he is. Switching gears to pro-life news, four more pro-life advocates are looking for the possibility of a decade in jail for their efforts to save unborn lives. Unfortunately, this comes as the Biden administration endorses a new federal law which targets those who protest near abortion businesses. That's the second trial against pro-life Americans just in the last couple of weeks. Five advocates were already found guilty and face 11 years in jail because of protesting near pro-abortion businesses. Yet pro-pregnancy centers like Preborn are terrorized and vandalized and we don't hear very much about any repercussions there, do we? Well, indeed, you know the website where you go to post jobs that you have available or actually find a new job? Well, they're making headlines because they have recently offered a $10,000 benefit for employees who are trans-identified and their families who would like to relocate to states that allow sex change procedures for minors. Now, the generous offer doesn't actually extend to non-binary or gender-fluid family members, but the benefit was called an inclusivity benefit. How inclusive is it when you exclude some members? Hmm. And lastly, the international community is sitting down with Iraqi Christian leaders to discuss investigations into ISIS-targeted genocide against Christians. ISIS has destroyed Christian heritage sites in the country. The majority of the remaining 200,000 Christians in Iraq have taken refuge, and case files are being developed against ISIS members involved in crimes against Christians. And as we tell you frequently, I mean multiple times a week, please make sure that you're continuing to pray for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters abroad. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called the Bread of Life. Just as God gave life to His people in the desert by providing manna, so Jesus gives life to His people through His body broken on the cross, which we remember in the breaking of the bread in communion. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Hey, young man, can I talk to you for a second on the radio? Will you spare me a minute of your life? Sure. What are you studying here, young man? Nuclear engineering. Because <laughs> you want to be a nuclear engineer, don't you? Yes, sir. You're a smart guy. Oh, I hope so. You don't kind of, you don't look like the stereotypical nuclear engineer geek. Oh, well, uh... You look a little too hip. I, I try to do that. Once you become a nuclear engineer, do they cause you to dress that certain way that makes you look like that? Well, nerdiness tends to follow the field a good bit. It, so which came first? Um, probably the nerdiness came first. I see. All right, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Hmm, chicken. That's actually what some scientists just, just they, they just determined, the chicken came first. Really? I don't know where they got the grant for that research, but apparently <laughs> they, they thought it was worthy of the exploration. It had to be the chicken. Yeah, I, I think it had to be the chicken because the mutation came first and then, you know, produced the eggs afterwards. I have a different take on it. I would say the chicken because it was made. I, I, I think that God made the chicken first. That's my take on mm. the deal. You don't. I, I didn't have the research grant to do it, apparently. Yeah, well, what do you... Th okay, do you think that God made the place, or did we evolve? Uh, that's a difficult question. I, I don't know initially about the, the God thing, but I have to think there is some kind of higher power out there that we at least... What's wrong Sense. with the, just calling the higher power God? I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just too many people get caught up into the connotations with it. Okay. 
Yeah, people abuse the concept. But the question is, does the concept exist? I, I think there. I think I do. Um, you know, it's like people use nuclear science in a bad way. That doesn't mean nuclear science doesn't exist. Very true. Okay, so people abuse God, but that doesn't mean he doesn't exist. Right. All right. Do you believe in God? I do. Who do you think it is? I don't know. Do you have a name? I do not. Do you subscribe to a particular religious worldview? Uh, no, I do not. Really? Really. So you are kind of a deist? Mm, yeah, kind of. I guess you could say that. Why, then, have you rejected Mormonism, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, Christianity? The big ones. Big ones. Mainly, I, I like history. And observing the history and past of these, uh, some of them don't have quite a, a great track record, I guess you could. Right? Rather than judging the object of the faith based on the actions of some of the presumed followers of the object of the faith, how's about judging the religion based on the object of the faith itself? Well, in many cases, uh, it may not sound like it, but that's quite what I like to do. I like to think about what I would like, the morality of what I see, and however I don't quite find all the ones lined up in a particular subscription that I like. Um, his, the history behind them is one of them. It kind of makes me worry about signing up because quite a few people still subscribe, subscribe to that kind of thing. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, okay, so for instance, what's your first name, by the way? Dallas. Dallas. Nice to meet you. Dallas, let's say that you, had a, you, you knew somebody, okay? They said, Dallas is my friend, and I met that person, and they punched me in the guts, okay? Would it be fair of me to go, that Dallas sure is a jerk. I don't believe that Dallas exists. Hmm. That would exactly make no sense, answer. would it? No. So for somebody to do something bad in God's name should not impugn that God. No. You look at that guy and go, ah, he's a goof, did a bad thing. The question is, what is God? Who is he? And is he good? And is he true? Right. But who's to say whose version is correct? Fair enough. All right, tell me, what is the big teaching of Christianity, Dallas? Hmm. Honestly, I could not tell you because of all the different versions I've heard. Right. You brought up the word morality. I'm going to ask you about the Ten Commandments, right? I'm going to use the morality of the Bible. And I want to do this to see if you meet that standard of morality, right? All right. Dallas, how many lies do you think you've told in your life? I could not tell you. More than one? Yes. All right. Dallas, if I told more than one lies, what would you call me? What name would you give me? A normal person. <laughs> Mm-hmm. A normal person who is a la, 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 oh, you're looking la, for the word liar. liar. All right. How many things have you stolen in your life? Hmm. Actually, I don't know because I uh, I haven't done it. Like I haven't gone out many times. But you know, when I was younger, I, I think you stole a. Hmm, I'd say probably four or five. All right. If I stole four or five things, what would you call me? What name would you give to me? Oh, a thief. Kind of a pattern developing yeah. here. All right, can I go a step further? Sure. Purity of heart, lust, fantasies, maybe even viewing pornography. Won't get into fornication, that's your business. Let's just stick with lust. Seeing a woman and having a sexual thought about her. How many times, say, today have you done that? Today? Mm-hmm. Once. All right. And you're how old? 18. 18. So let's just say, over the course of five years, 
that would be give or take about what 17 18 thousand days once a day so you've lost it 18 thousand times would that be fair yeah it could be. Huh. yeah what would you think of me if you knew that about me would you let me marry your daughter actually yeah really okay so you have lied and you've stolen and you lust a lot yes all right one more commandment for you have you ever taken god's name in vain yes blasphemy okay so let's imagine this dallas someday god's going to kill you okay you don't die god ends your life peacefully painfully you die because he decides now is your time yeah and you stand before this god who's given you life and breath and everything that's precious to you and he opens up the books on the life of dallas is he going to agree with you that you're a good person or is he going to see you as a guilty person I would probably say he, there would be some things you would talk that we would see, and I would probably be guilty. All right. Definitely guilty, right? Because even though I'm sure you've done nice things, you seem like a nice fellow, it has really no bearing on your guilt. Like a criminal who stands before a judge and says, Judge, yes, I've broken the laws, but I give money to charity. Makes no difference. He's a guilty criminal. You'd be a guilty criminal just like, frankly, everybody. God, your creator, is going to have a day of judgment with you. The books are open. Every thought, every word, every deed, and everything you should have done but didn't do. I don't know if you thank God for your food today, but all the times you should have said thanks for the air. By the way, that's another thing you've stolen is the air from God. (laughs) So you've taken his air without a word of gratitude. He opens up the books. He knows you're guilty. What should he do with you, Dallas? Well... I think that he would be understanding. Again, nobody is perfect. We are not. It's irrelevant, though. It's like the criminal pointing to the other criminals and saying, look, they're guilty too, so let me go. That's irrelevant. Well, they let them cast me to hell. Well, it's a harsh thought, but if he is just, and I think we like the idea of justice, don't we? That bad guys get what's coming to them. He should. That's exactly what he should do. He should send us to hell. So, my question for you is, I just took you through the Ten Commandments. You'd be a guilty guy going to hell. The question is, is that true or false? That's the issue. I think it'd probably be true. Okay. So then as we sit here, you, my 18-year-old friend, are going to hell. That's true. That's a fact. Well. And i got to be honest with you, I hate that idea. I don't know you from Adam, dude, and the last thing in the world I want is for you to go to hell. Well... Me, I guess being a standard representative, well, how would I be redeemed? Would That's where it comes down to the prescribed faith of how you find redemption and for what you do. I could not possibly agree sort of more, but right at the end you threw in a couple of words that I disagree with. What you basically said is, how can I find redemption? And I was like, yes, dude, yes, great question. How can I do that? My answer is, you can't do that. My answer is you, Dallas, cannot redeem yourself. Any more than a criminal standing before a judge can redeem himself who is guilty of committing crime upon crime against an infinitely holy judge. See, because, Dallas, this is why you can't redeem yourself. Your crimes haven't been against me or the driver of that truck. Your crimes have been against God himself. And they are infinitely punishable because you've committed a crime against an infinitely holy God. Therefore, you, Dallas are unredeemable by yourself. You can't do it. 
there's no way you can offer anything pleasing enough to God that will get you accepted by Him. But the question is still there, can I find redemption? I don't think you can redeem yourself, but I think redemption can be found. Do you hear the distinction I'm making? So then what is your recommendation? Jesus. Hmm. Your Redeemer. Your Savior. He is the God-man who came to this earth to be your representative, to keep all the laws you broken, to die on a cross on your behalf, taking the punishment of God himself for you, the criminal. Jesus, the God-man, dying for you, the criminal. Your bad put on him, his goodness credited to your account. He wants to buy you back, and he's paid the fine so you can be purchased back. See, God can't just make, wave a magic wand and say, Sins be gone! Because that wouldn't be just. You need to be purchased back, and the payment for you is the death of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, on your behalf. Well then, in your own words, then my debt has just been accredited to him, so all I've done nothing except switch who I'm paying my debt to. Not quite. But I've got some other bad news. i got to take a commercial break. Can you sit tight for a second? Sure. You're a good man. Thanks. Well, you're not a good man, but you know what I'm saying. All right. Hold on. This is Wretched Radio. I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. That's a big decision, and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Freel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, we can trust this ministry, Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry, 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today, but we also have a small request. Would you consider, prayerfully of course, what it might look like if you partnered with us by becoming a gospel partner? See, we produce quite a bit of quality, biblically sound content, but we can't do it alone. We need the support of incredible people just like you. And don't misunderstand this small request. We are grateful for your support as a listener, but we would love to take our relationship to the next level and invite you to prayerfully consider becoming an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel partner. Your generous support keeps the lights on around here, but it also helps us to spread the gospel to millions of people all over the world. The ECFA digs into our books every single year so that you'll know there's no funny business ever going on with your donations. We're not flying in private jets. We're not taking limos to and from the office or lounging around in hot tubs while we brainstorm. So what do you say? Will you partner with us to spread the gospel? All you have to do is visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word wretched to the number 44321. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa. 
And the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Mexican. Faith is not a force we harness or a feeling we get. True biblical faith consists of three things. Knowledge of the truth, agreement with the truth, and a trust in the true God. There is no power in faith itself. The power is in the one we put our faith in. Are you trusting in Christ or in something that cannot deliver? This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Talking with Dallas in Atlanta. This is Wretched Radio talking about the big issue, Dallas, of redemption. Being bought back. Being made right with God. You can't do it. Jesus did it for you. He paid the fine that you owe to God. So now here's the situation. You were saying, well, wait a second. How does this accounting work? Here's the accounting. You've got a debt. You can't pay it. You are more than bankrupt. You are in huge debt. Jesus kept all the laws you've broken, lived a perfect life of righteousness, suffered at the hands of men, took the punishment you deserve, the Father himself pouring out his wrath on the Son on your behalf. Forgiveness is available for you, Dallas. The fine, it's sitting there like money in a bank. The question is, how does it get transferred to your account? That's the issue. The answer is another R word, not redemption, but repentance. To access the forgiveness of God, you, Dallas, need to repent, which means agree God exists, He made the place, He has rules, I've broken them, I deserve His wrath, He sent His Son Jesus in an act of amazing kindness to die for me, a sinner, demonstrating His love for me. He rose from the dead and He paid the fine for my crimes. I'm sorry. You turn from your sins, not in perfection, but with a new attitude about your lifestyle and your sins and your priorities. And you say you're sorry to God, and you put your trust in Jesus Christ. You must die to yourself. It's the language the Bible uses. You must be born again to see the kingdom of God. The laws of God that I used with you, the Ten Commandments, should kill you. You should look at those mirrors, the mirror of God's law, and go, wow. I'm seeing myself in truth for the first time. All these years, I thought I was a good guy, but now I see myself the way God sees me. I'm not good. I'm a bad man. The world might look at the veneer and think I'm pretty good, but I know my heart, and it's wicked. And you say you're sorry to God, and you put your trust in His Son. You humble yourself. You die to yourself. And God says, you come to me in humility, and I will save you. You die to yourself, I will make you born again. That is what God offers to you. Forgiveness of sins and everlasting life. But his terms are complete surrender. No bringing good works. No acts of righteousness that you suppose you have. Jesus paid it all. 
so that he can get all of the credit for being an amazingly kind God. And just so you're not confused, Alice, because this can sound a little bit like hellfire preaching, those guys who will yell, turn or burn, turn or burn. The reality is if you don't turn, you will burn. But that shouldn't be the motive for your turning. God doesn't look for that. God wants you to turn, not because you're going to burn, but he wants you to turn because he has been so kind to save you from the burn. He doesn't want a fear-filled convert. He wants a tear-filled convert. He wants a guy who turns to him, not just so that he can selfishly get out of hell, but so that he can get all the credit. He did everything for you, and he wants to get the credit for that. So you come to him on his terms, bringing nothing. He saves you. He gets all the credit. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. All right. Well, one thing I want to address, a uh, big issue, is that you did it. You said because it was his kindness that you turn, right. not for selfish reasons, get out right. of hell, yep. which you would be surprised, in my opinion, if, if you looked how many people are doing it just so they don't do that, not for the kindness. So, I'm glad you made that point. Yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate because there's a lot of people, if you took all the religions in the world, Dallas, and a lot of Christian religions for that matter, you can kind of put them in one group. It's all do, 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 work, 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 try, 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 and they get you on a treadmill of doing stuff so that you can have a better family, better kids, better marriage, better health, better life, better wealth, and maybe God won't be mad at you and you'll go to heaven. It's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is, be done with you. Admit you're a sinner. God is looking for broken hearts and contrite spirits. That's what God is looking for. Because he wants to save a wretch like you so that he can point to you for all of eternity and say, to demonstrate how amazingly kind I am, I saved Alice. That's what he is about the business of in this world. Because he could send you to hell in a heartbeat, and frankly, it won't take a calorie for him to do that. It's nothing. You know, it'd be like if a bug walks by and, you know, I stomp it, you're probably not going to be impressed with my mighty power. Same thing is true of God. If he sends a guy like you and me to hell, it's nothing. But if he takes a, a guy like you and me who's been a rebel for a long time and says, I will show mercy... And I will show forgiveness and kindness, and I will rescue you, and I will forgive you, and I will turn you into the image of my son Jesus, and I will give you the rights of sonship, the rights of adoption, and I will take you to heaven so that you can be with me forever. That's amazing. And that's what God wants to do. God wants to save you. That is his purpose for this world, to save Dallas so that he can be glorified. There is only one thing that you need to figure out is what I have just been pitching to you true that's the question I have to say what you're say what you're saying is true however yeah I still think doing it on a personal level and I not agree. sitting in a pew on Sunday mornings will change I'm not point. asking you to go to church I'm inviting you to get saved God commands you this day to repent and trust his son. It is personal. Church is a separate issue. I am here to let you know you're in trouble. God is going to get you. And it's going to be so thorough, he's going to grind you to powder. And I don't want that to happen to you. And I'd like to see God glorified for saving a wretch like you. That's why I'm here. I'm not asking you to join a church. I'm asking you to think about the truth claims of the Bible and respond in repentance and faith. Because I'm walking away, I'm, dude, 
I'm walking away here in about two minutes. So I'm not signing you up, not dragging you to church. I'm telling you the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You need to process this and ponder it. You need to determine, is it true? Did God make the place? Are there rules? Have I broken them? Is Jesus really who he claims to be? God himself came to this earth to rescue me? Could it possibly be that amazing? Did he really die for me while I was sinning against him? Well, the person of Jesus was invented at the Council of Nicaea. And what his powers were determined. The concept of being saved, yes. But I don't like the name attached to it. Okay. You know there's a different history to the Council of Nicaea. You know that, right? That the person of Jesus who lived in the first century was under assault by a guy named Arius who was saying that Jesus wasn't God. The Council of Nicaea got together in 325 to put an end to it so that everybody would know who the true God is. That's how history progressed, okay? Wasn't a bunch of guys who decided to make Jesus God one day. Everybody knew it in the first century. In fact, most of the heresies before Council of Nicaea were people couldn't figure out how he could be man too. That was a relatively recent one, the Christology of Jesus. He's the God-man. Look, I'm not trying to be a jerk to you, okay? Because I. I am certain I am a worse guy than you. I'm certain of it. But that doesn't mean you are not bad. True. Okay? So either you will pay for what you've earned, or you can trust Jesus in his payment for you. That's the offer of God. And dude, i got to tell you something. It is the most amazing offer that has ever been made to you. God died for you, a sinner. You will never find a kinder act that has been done for you. Ever. God should squash you right now, but instead he keeps giving you air, he keeps giving you time, and he gave his son on your behalf. You now know the offer of the good news of the gospel. Bad news is this. If you die without responding to this in repentance and faith, your hell will be worse because you've rejected such an amazing offer of kindness. Your increased knowledge of the goodness of God will condemn you even further. So as I leave Dallas, I'm pleading with you. I don't know you, dude. Listen to your conscience. Listen to it. Let it scare you. Let it awaken you like an alarm bell going off. Danger. You are in big danger. But God offers mercy. Receive it. Repent and trust his son. Paul's in your court, dude. Well, unfortunately, I may just have to accept the deepest circle of hell. And then my penance will be for finding out that I was wrong. Alrighty. See ya. Thanks for being patient with me. Well... I can't do anything more with Dallas right now. He's walking away. But I have 15 more seconds to plead with you. Do not let the words that I have just spoken echo for eternity in hell because you rejected his kind offer. Please listen to your conscience. God is saying to you this day, come to me. Repent 
and trust my son, and I will save you. Please, don't be Dallas. Respond to the offer of kindness. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.